Hello, and thank you for downloading episode 34 of We Got This with Mark and Hal. You know, normally I take this time to plug stuff if we have an upcoming show or to tell you to rate and review us on iTunes, but really I just want to know how you're doing. Hey, how's it going? How are things at work or school or not either of those? I'll bet you it's tough sometimes, but I want you to know to hang in there because Mark and I care about you. You specifically. Nobody else who's listening, just you. And that's why this episode is just for you. Without any further ado, here's episode 34 of We Got This with Mark and Hal. Hello, I'm Hal Lublin. And I'm Mark Gagliardi. Since the dawn of humanity, one issue has gone unsettled. With the fate of the world in the balance, we're here to settle once and for all. College football or pro football? That's right. Don't worry, everyone. We got this. Podcast should have a theme song. Podcast should not have a theme song. Yes, they should. No, they shouldn't. They sound good. Yeah, but people are just going to skip past it. Hmm. You know what? You're right. We got this. Hello, everybody. Hey, what's up? Uh, and greetings from beautiful New York City, where Hal and I are once again together in the same room. Yes, for our New York Comic Conversations. I'm just going to keep titling oh, these things. Oh, did you really just... Terrible names. Well, the yeah. Dragon Con episodes were all the Dragon Conversations, because uh, I like trilogies. I don't know. It's I don't, weird. I don't follow these things. I just found out now that there is apparently a Google Doc about this show. That's yeah. Like a, since like a spreadsheet. From day one, when we started getting subje- suggestions, I put them in a Google Doc. And I, yeah. I organized it. That's a thing. And huh? I, every time we're trying to think of what to record, I tell Mark, Hey, give, give the Google Doc a look. And he goes, Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So today he saw it for the first time. Yeah, it's really thorough. And it's, it's what, eight months after we started recording these? So today we are going to talk about <laughs> football. Uh, I don't know how many of our listeners are, are fans of sport in general or football in particular. Uh, but we wanted to talk about college versus pro football. Yes, this was suggested by Gregory Sasser-Miller, who uh, entered it on our Facebook page. So thank you, Gregory. We have, we have at least one sports fan who listens right. to the podcast. Thank you, Gregory. Yes. And we have with us a very special guest who is here to talk about college versus pro football. We figured, who better to talk about sports than the head writer of The Daily Show... Jubin Parang. It's great to be here, guys. Thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah, thanks for joining. And thanks for cycling uh, up the channel dial straight through all the ESPN networks and landing on Comedy Central to determine your football question. <laughs> yeah, we, we, I guess we did bypass a lot of the 200s. Yeah. <laughs> easily, easily a thousand other people much more qualified in this neighborhood alone to talk about this. No, but you're a big football fan. I'm a very big football fan. So I'm definitely, I definitely have the, that level of, uh, passion and ignorance that most, uh, football fans have. So I'm, I'm probably, uh, the good, uh, I'm probably the best example of like the mean football fan to talk to. The just mean on, on an average, really? yeah, just by the average mean. I care a lot about the sport. Oh, I care. You mean average mean, not like anger mean. No, no. No, no. Although I also very mean. Like also my fanship is very uh, passionate, violent to a certain degree, uh, <laughs> irrational and frequently upset. And I think most football fans have that element to their fanship. So I think I've, I'm firmly within the average uh, American football fan. So can I guess from that description of your passion that you're either a Raiders or Eagles fan? You would think so. You would think so. <laughs> my the, the pro team I like, uh, and this passion is very irrational, are the New York Giants, okay. who in the past 10 years have won two Super Bowls, and I am still – so pessimistic and bitter and angry to be a, fo- uh, a football fan because of the New York Giants. Well, you also, Jubin and I uh, grew up together in Tennessee. 
Uh, we spent high school we together and frequently watched Tennessee Volunteers football games. We just watched it last week. We did, which is why we wanted you for this particular topic, because I know you're both a college and a pro football fan. Yes. Um, but you really are a defeatist when you watch a game. Like, oh, 100%. Uh, you will be, I've watched, I've watched Giants games with you where the Giants are winning. You're like, ah, oh, they're going to blow it. They're going to blow this one. <laughs> but they blow it. But they blow it is a thing. And then Tennessee, this last week's uh, game, the, they just beat Georgia yesterday. Uh, but the previous week's game that we watched was... Uh, was them losing to Arkansas in a very Arkansas. humiliating fashion. Yes. A week after they had lost to the Florida, Florida Gators in a humiliating, humiliating fashion. fashion. Two weeks before which they had lost to the Oklahoma Sooners yeah, in a, a humiliating, humiliating fashion. fashion. <laughs> um, but you... It, a year after having quarter. a humiliating season. Oh, the year before <laughs> which having a humiliating... You really are that kind of fan, though. I'm a I'm an optimistic fan. I I, I tend to look at a game and I'm like, you know what, guys... We'll get him next week. Even down to a two-minute drill. I'm like, we can run a two-minute drill in one minute and then get a fumble recovery and then run another two-minute drill in one minute. And uh, we can win this game. This, it is very frustrating to watch football games with you because you have such a wildly <laughs> optimistic view of what could be done in the game. And at the same time, I recognize that if we lose a touchdown or if we get a touchdown scored in us in the first quarter, I'm ready to leave the bar right there. I'm like, well, that's the end of the game. <laughs> Honey, let's go. Let's go. We got, we got that parking spot way far away. Somebody needs to know the two of you into like the perfect football fan. On average, we're a pleasant person to watch football yeah, with. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm in your camp, Jube, and I'm like, I, you know, I my football team the last time they won a championship was in 1960 before the Super Bowl existed so like every year I'm just how are they going to screw it up we went to four straight <laughs> NFC championship games and lost uh, three of them I think yeah with McNabb on that one, one too with right McNabb, that was very sad who, who I went to college I went to Syracuse for all four years of his eligibility so I went oh. I went when Syracuse was actually decent as a college football team but not great so I don't come from like a grand tradition of college football. Syracuse is more of a basketball school. Mm -hmm. But so for me, it's pro and it's just like the Willie Loman, that feeling of like, oh, another difficult day. I'm just going to give up on everything. We all just turn into dust by the fourth quarter and get blown away by a fan. And you have actually a very terrible fan base in Philly. My <laughs> brother, I always tell the story that my brother, uh, my brother told me he, he went to college in, in, uh, in Philly. Mm -hmm. And once while he was there, it was during McNabb's, um, stay, uh, uh, when he was a quarterback there. Yes. And at one point he was watching, uh, the local news after Philly had lost a football game and as the reporter is talking a fan jumps in from the background and just shouts at the camera you suck McNabb go home you're terrible and the fan had a McNabb jersey on and that to me is the most quintessential Philadelphia sports fan no, that's, that's also kind of a Jubin sports fan right there that's I, I don't I don't I don't get angry at the players I just get very fatalistic about the, the futility of, of supporting my team and of life in general in the in, in the mall of an uncaring universe. Is That's that why my. You always change out of your jersey and put that black turtleneck on whenever. Uh, Constantly. The other team scores. <laughs> when I start my poetry right there, I spend half time. It's. I, I. I do think though that it is the way you are a fan kind of does reflect your attitude in general. I tend to be fairly, I think, uh, pessimistic just in, in a general outlook of things. And I think that, well, that might be being too mean to me. But I do, but my fanship is definitely general. I, I feel the defeats a lot more than I feel the victories. And I think you, Mark, seem to be the kind of person 
well, you are the kind of person uh, who's generally more optimistic and sunny, and I think your fanship reflects that more. I think that's more of a personality thing than it is a function of the teams that you support, although Tennessee is a terrible team for a long, long time now. They've been terrible for a while, but yeah. boy, it was nice to beat Georgia yesterday. It was phenomenal. It was so, so good. And, and, the and sa- not, to, not, not just to beat Georgia, sorry to interrupt, but to beat Georgia when Georgia had a couple of major screw ups at the end of the game. Yeah. That's what's nice. <laughs> yeah. And that's the, that's the Schadenfreude of this whole thing. Oh, it's just watching as much. A, yeah. Watching a Georgia Bulldog <laughs> drop a pass was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> J- yeah. That's actually, there's a, there's that, that big football chant that's, uh, overrated. Yeah. And it's just like everyone cheers, which is such a hilarious football chant because the whole idea of it is that we're beating your team. So your team can't be as good as everyone thinks it is, <laughs> which is a, which is a weird thing for you to like chant to an opposing team that you're beating. But that's exactly what the, that, that kind of like dealing that humiliation to the 19th ranked team mm-hmm. is just so, so sweet. Let me ask you this. You went to your undergrad was at Vanderbilt, correct? Yeah. And your grad school was at Georgetown. Yeah. I went to law school there and you're doing a great job using your law degree. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Still paying off those loans. Really. Yeah, Vanderbilt, really uh, at Van- we had uh, a joke in Knoxville about Vanderbilt that the cheer was, uh, that's all right, that's okay, you're going to work for us someday. Did Vanderbilt actually use that? Oh, year? all the time. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Fielding. absolutely. We used Vanderbilt's that. football team was terrible for a long time, uh, but the school is like Ivy League of the South. It's, it's Absolutely. It is school. better, I would say. I would say <laughs> the top country, I would say the top college in the United States of America. Absolutely. <laughs> I think that, yeah, no, we would, we would shout that unironically to, I mean, every SEC school, all the, like, it, we once played a, uh, a university, uh, MTSU, Middle Tennessee State University, mm-hmm. who at that time was not even a Division 1A team. They were Division 1AA. Uh-huh. They were supposed to be just like the team we beat at the beginning of the season to just get our confidence up. They just killed us. And that's when we were chanting oh. at them, which is, it, it's all Vanderbilt has, <laughs> except for this brief. Wait a minute, all Vanderbilt has. A top quality university. There's nothing else. Succeed at the top of their game in life. There's nothing else. I was just tying this to a fellow graduate of mine at the Vanderbilt Club here. Very exclusive. You can't get into it. (laughs) About how sad uh, we are. Like how little we have in this world. Um, and then, and then we obviously, before we, uh, went off to our own Uber VIPs, we were, we commiserated a bit that there's no, there's no justice in this world. And you put out your cigars into the poor people that were bent over as yeah. your human ashtrays. Well, we pay them a very fair wage. We pay them <laughs> half a minimum wage. <laughs> you are princes. Yeah. I would feel yeah. bad if I went to one of those schools that every year you knew your first game of the season. You're like, oh, well. We're going to be someone's good night. So, uh, that, I guess, yeah. you know what? Fine. We'll go play Tennessee for let them have their first victory. It's weird because the, the, there's apparently a huge payment. They get, they get like a lot of money from, really? yeah, like I that. It's not, it's not free. Like they definitely, which is even more, I feel like it's even more crushing for the players because it's not the players see that money. Yeah. So to have the coach come in and be like, uh, well, Tennessee gave us $500,000 to, you know, get our, our butts yeah. kicked by them. So like, bend over, like, boys. Yeah. <laughs> but hey, we're at least going to get like a new like treadmill in the, in the gym and then a bunch of other people on top of like b- above you will get raises. Yeah. It's just, I feel like it's even more crushing <laughs> yeah. for the players. Yeah. Since it's time for practice, why don't you guys run a lap in the wall, play some Xbox? Yeah. How's that sound? <laughs> Uh, All right, let's get to the topic at hand. We have been discussing college football and professional football. The question today is, which is the superior form of football, college or pro? Uh, And uh, anybody have any a starting point that they want to begin with? 
Well, I mean, I for me, I'm I'm definitely a pro guy. I mean, I went to Syracuse, which had some college pedigree mm-hmm. to it when I was there, at least. Now they're not a very good team. But, you know, I grew up with the Eagles. That's what was in my city. And for me, college football is for areas that don't have pro teams. That's the, You gravitate towards it. Um, so even if you didn't go to, you know, if you live in near Syracuse, you're a Syracuse fan. There's no professional team for you to follow. You're maybe, you maybe you like the Buffalo Bills, but they're not your team. It's whoever's near you is your team. So for me, it's pro. And, and because of that, I think it's a, I think it's a better fashion of football. Well, I, I resist the notion that college football is the understudy to professional football. It's like, oh, no, 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 just because you – the only reason to watch college football is because you don't live anywhere near a pro team. That's because there are schools that – or there are cities that have great college football teams sure, and great pro teams, and people will go to both. They'll go on Saturdays and Sundays. I tend to lead, lean toward being a college football fan – because I like all of the pomp and circumstance around it. I like tailgating. I like the, I like that you follow a team because it's in your, it, it, it feels more, the fandom of a college football team feels more blood rooted in community and, and it's a, it feels like more of a lifestyle. It's like a religion in the South, but that comes from, uh, Juven and I both growing up in Knoxville and, Mm-hmm. You know, Knoxville is very much a college football town. But I do think that loyalty is rooted in uh, in a deeper bond than um, than with pro football because pro football always has the understand understood under, understood uh, idea that the motive here is profit, and that if the team at any point feels like they can get even a dollar more in a different town, they'll pack up and leave. I think right now in the NFL, they're talking about three separate teams moving to LA. Right. Yeah. And it, it although I am a, a Giants fan, there's always that element of cynicism that comes into, uh, the picture when you recognize that money is involved. Cause money destroys everything, I think. It destroys loyalty. It destroys, uh, idealism. You, once, once, uh, someone says that, um, you, that we're, we're able and possibly willing to move the team somewhere else, you never really feel that same loyalty that you do with a university that is not going to get up and walk away anytime soon. The University of Tennessee is never right. going to become the University of Michigan um, because the University of Tennessee's fan base is not pumping out enough money. But they will always work for people who graduate from Vanderbilt. But they'll always work for <laughs> Vanderbilt <laughs> University graduates. Let that be very clear. Well, yeah, I mean, even uh, you look at the Browns. Like the Browns, they were the they were the one thing that Cleveland like like. Held on to like this football team was the heart and soul. I don't mean the only thing in Cleveland. There's a lot of cool stuff in Cleveland, but the, the they were the heart and soul of this town. And the Browns packed up and moved to Baltimore. Name three other things in Cleveland that are cool: Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. That's one. The Cavaliers and okay. Drew Carey. He's not there anymore. Cleveland. Rocks. He went to L.A. as soon as he could. <laughs> he moved out of L.A. He even doesn't even wear his glasses anymore. That's true. They represented Cleveland to him. That's why. He burned them. <laughs> All right. He can't even see. He didn't even get LASIK. <laughs> um, he, can't, he has to have somebody – he has an ear prompter. Somebody's telling him what those numbers are. The price is right. All right. So it's also like number four on that list of Cleveland. It's like the uh, Applebee's near the riverfront. Like, there's not a lot after that. <laughs> the tire fire's not burning as much anymore. Um, and I wonder if, if Cleveland fans – I have a buddy who's a big Cleveland fan. I, I should ask him this and mm-hmm. not you bozos. But uh, if uh, if the Browns that are there now feel like the old Browns because they're in – the Browns that are in Cleveland now are technically an expansion team, right? The Browns left, mm-hmm. yeah. went to Baltimore, became the Ravens and then – 
the uh, than a new with new ownership, a brand new team that was the cl- new Cleveland Browns opened up. They were like new Coke, so they kind of tasted the same, but they weren't. I know they got to keep the branding. Like it was a big right. fight whether or not the the Baltimore Ravens would be the Baltimore Browns, and I think. So I guess they got to keep the name. Um, but yeah, it's the same way with when, when the Houston Oilers moved to Tennessee. It became the Tennessee first Tennessee Oilers, Oilers, then Titans. Year. Yeah. Yeah. It, you, like, I was in Nashville at the time and there was a lot of indifference towards them coming here because the Tennessee Volunteers were the dominant team in the state. And it was the idea of like, who is this? Pro team to just come into Nashville and just be like, well, we're your hometown team now. Root for us and buy the merchandise. <laughs> yeah. And it, I think that level of, I mean, eventually the fan base comes around and, and people start cheering, especially if the team starts winning. That, yeah. then that's, that, that does a huge, uh, does sure. a huge wonder for morale. But there's a, there's the, yeah, the, I, I feel like on tradition, since that feels like that's the, that's the aspect that we're talking about now, <laughs> there's lots of different aspects that I feel like we can pick a winner on. Um, on the aspect of tradition, college football has that hands down, uh, indisputably, for sure. That's, that's where football was a college sport initially, wasn't it? Then it yes, started the as a college college sport? college football far was far uh, far more popular than pro football in the early and days. predated it. There was a yeah. the beginning of the professional leagues. Everyone was laughing at the why would anyone want a pro team when they have a college teams there, right? This and was 1920, so it's sure. not really yeah, like, relevant now. Yeah, <laughs> I do kind of wish that the pro teams would get into like the traveling to another team city and stealing their mascot. <laughs> Although in this like, case, it would be like college pranks. Yeah, it's like oh, we just uh, got a dude dressed as a cowboy. And we're keeping him in a shark cage. <laughs> is this going to be an issue? Um, the idea but, that like a pro team comes out like can't do it because they've all got like Ben Gay like was like sprayed into the crotch <laughs> and the jock straps by the other team. <laughs> and Aikman just keeps itching himself. Clock <laughs> ticking on Dallas. What delightful mischief by the Indianapolis Colts today. <laughs> that's, I think, though, like, I, f- I feel like that's a very, um, another element of, like, the, the level of history in, in college, uh, in, in the college game makes you really have such an intensity in the rivalries that I don't, th- I don't have in the pros at all. And I, and, and actually, let me ask you this, cause, yeah. we are, we support different teams in the same division. We do. I hate the Eagles. I yes. hate the Cowboys and I hate the, the, uh, Redskins. Yes. I don't even want to call them the Redskins. I just say I hate Washington. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. That's a whole nother episode, but that's, that's an important reason. debate and we don't talk about it. No, it's, yeah. It's too, Never. it's too substantive to get into yeah. ever. In any conversation. <laughs> Absolutely. And I assume you also hate the Giants, uh, Washington, and, and the Cowboys. Yes. But, you know, just underlying all that is the idea like, well, these guys could easily, like, each player could be on the other team next year if the contract moves right. And that, that did happen. DeMarco Murray, who was Absolutely. A, a Cowboy, is now an Eagle. But I will say that that rivalry transcends any particular player to the point that when the Eagles and the, the Dallas Cowboys played each other earlier this year, DeMarco Ryan, where DeMarco Murray would not speak to any of his old teammates because that's, that's great. not cool. Like, we hate Dallas so much, so we, much. That's great. These were his buddies. Because that's a they real rivalry. But I like that they team identification. They went at Applebee's yeah. in Cleveland together at one time. <laughs> it's they, like the Dread Pirate Roberts. When you inherit the costume, you become Dread Pirate Roberts. <laughs> that's, you can't be like, oh, yeah. I'm also Steve. And now Dread Pirate Roberts likes to knit because I like to knit. Yeah, no, I have a life pirate. outside of this. No, you yeah. shouldn't have a life outside of that team identification. That's the whole point of the team identification. Exactly. You guys, I feel like you're getting way too into this. <laughs> you guys are way too into football. It's ju- it's just about having fun. Come on. <laughs> that may be the worst thing somebody can ever say when you're watching a football game. The, oh, yeah, anytime yeah. someone says like it's just a game. You know, that- at least they're having fun. 
Like, oh. No, no oh. definitely not. Yeah, I, I think it's the, the the statement of it's just a game. Quit getting uh, worked up about it. Because it's like, yeah, I know it's just a game. Like, I'm not, I don't actually think that this matters in the, in the longer yeah. run. It's blowing off steam. It's just catharsis. Yeah. Don't, yeah. no, it's, it's, it, it, it's a kind of, um, it's a kind of condensation, uh, condensation, condescension, condescension, mm, yes. condensation. It's the condensation, it's condensation that just really rubs me the wrong way and gets my tabletop all wet. I just can't get enough. <laughs> can't get enough of it. Um, all right. Well, another thing about traditions before we switch to another, uh, another aspect, I, I don't know how many pro teams have the sort – you mentioned antics – have the sort of traditions that college football teams have. Like uh, there's touchdown Jesus or end zone Jesus, whatever they call touchdown it. Touchdown Jesus. At Notre Dame. There's mm-hmm. running down the big hill at Clemson. Uh, there's the the War Eagle chant at Auburn. There's, yeah, there's um, the uh, the Iron Bowl. There's the Red River, now rivalry, formerly shootout. Yeah, there's all sorts of different uh, – f- I don't know what the word for that like, – fun kind of uh, – Accoutrements of the game itself. Rituals. Rituals. Yeah. Yeah. The marching bands. And I think that's one of those great things about college football is they have that. Um, and I, yeah, I, yeah. So let's move on since we wait. Hold on. Before you just say that's what college has and pro doesn't. I don't know about any of the other dumb teams. Really? The Eagles, the Eagles have a, a fight song and they have a touchdown chant. Mm -hmm. What is it? It's uh, the fight song. What's the fight song? Is fly, eagles fly on the road to victory. Fight, eagles fight, score touchdown, one, two, three. Hit them low, hit them high, and watch our eagles fly. Fly, eagles fly on the road to victory. E-A-G-L-E-S, eagles. All right, that's, wow. that's, that's well done. Classic. That's well done. Classic. Yeah, yeah. I it kind of assumed you drums. wouldn't know what the actual fight <laughs> I mean, song was. It's no to Rocky know. Top, but it's Even, pretty good. It's true. It's no We're, Rocky Top. It's second only to Rocky Top. That's fair. <laughs> Can we agree to that? That's fair. Sure. sure. I feel like our last two episodes have just been you defending Philadelphia. <laughs> I'm trying so hard. I'm not going to call it a hoagie. <laughs> it's such a battered city. You will call it a hoagie. You will. Um, all right. So there are traditions in, uh, in professional uh, football as well, but... College football, I feel like, has they're they're older, more people know them, they're, and it feels like the pro traditions ape the college traditions in a way. Yes, that's what. Yeah, they're born from college traditions. Yeah, so definitely college has the edge when it comes to traditions. So moving on to a moving on to an area where I'm going to go ahead and say I think pro definitely has the edge in this one. Personnel. Yes. Well, of course. Quality. I mean, yes. The, the top two percent of the college football players. But. Yeah. I'm, uh, would you say I know that that's the case with the players? Would you say that's the case with the coaches as well? Do you think that professional coaches are better than college coaches? They're, I think they're totally different skill sets, though. The college yeah. coaches' top necessary skill is recruitment, and I think the and the pro uh, level I think is well, it's it's personnel management, but it's uh, I think at that level it's much more of a. Um, I would say like much more of like a, of a, of administering a bureaucracy that needs to consider, uh, uh, payroll in a way the college doesn't. Mm-hmm. Like there's a lot of salary cap issues. Yeah. What player can we sacrifice? There's a lot more, um, accounting in it, I think, than right. you have in the college level. There's dealing with divas as well, more so. Absolutely, in yeah. Than in college. I feel like college coaches wind up becoming the superstar of the team because the players cycle in and out totally. so much. Yeah. You know, I mean, you think of, you think of, uh, well, unfortunately, it's different now. But you think of Penn State, and you think of Joe Paterno. Uh, you still do, yeah, <laughs> just, in just in a different way. But I mean, and uh, in Tennessee, you know, everybody talks about Butch. You know, mm-hmm. until recently, when they started talking about this great quarterback that we have now. Um, mm-hmm. 
But these guys become the icons of the teams in all sports of uh, in college. I mean, I think of Indiana. I don't think of any particular player. I think of Bobby Knight. Right. Um, yeah. I would say with yeah with the pro level, I I mean the number of coaches I think that you can probably our household names would be maybe Belichick mm-hmm. and um, Lombardi. Lombardi. Well, current ones. Oh, yeah, current I feel ones. like yeah the current ones yeah, I think Belichick, are Belichick. Maybe Pete Carroll because he was a college. Because he was in college though, right? Everybody yeah. knows Pete Carroll is a college coach. Yeah. yeah. Um, That's true. Yeah, and I, I, I totally agree. I, th- I think there's a lot more. Here's a good thing though about like where that works in college football's favor is the quality of players is so much lower mm-hmm. that you get a lot more uh, innovation in the kind of offensive and defensive schemes you run because you can have very successful option schemes and spread offense schemes mm-hmm. because the players in the defense are so much slower and slower on the uptake, both physically slower and mentally slower than at the pro level where those things would be immediately destroyed by the speed right. and mental agility of the defense. You can run some bad news bears kind of crazy. You absolutely plays. can, yeah. <laughs> and I think a lot of like pro football like coaches will look down at the college game and be like, oh, let's try that out. And like for three games they'll be like, oh God, it was a terrible disaster. Like everyone yeah. killed us. Or or a team will hire a, pro, a, a college coach to come to the pros because they had success and that doesn't translate. I think Bill Walsh was a guy. I think Steve Spurrier was another one. Spurrier, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, Steve Spurrier. And now Chip Kelly in Philadelphia, who is not doing so well right now, was brought in because he had done so well at Oregon, and they thought it might it might innovate and change the game. And there are parts of it that that maybe have forced other teams to adjust, but they figured it out, and now it's not really working anymore. Yeah, it's a difference between having you know your opponents be you know, 20-year-old kids who have ostensibly classes to go to and are only allowed a certain number of practice versus, like, you know, 25-year-old professional men who spend all day reading the plays, looking right. at tape, and are just able to know right away what you're trying to do. Yeah. So moving away from coaches, um, this will be a brief conversation. Players, they're better in the pros. Yeah. Next time. Much better. Uh, here's, here's one thing that I think is, like, the biggest – and maybe we're, this is going in. This is the biggest morally conflicting part of being a college football fan is the money. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like, the players aren't paid. And I think yep. that is, right. as a college football fan, a real issue for me and I think more people every year. Yes. And I, I do understand the argument of uh, they're getting their education paid for, which is in some of these schools upwards of thirty grand a year. Uh, to get this education, there are there are a lot on full rides, but it, it's it's things like it's the licensing that bothers me. It's when a college player's face is out there on advertising everywhere, and they're not seeing a dime of that. And it's also the fact those players aren't really allowed to take advantage of that education. You never see like NASA engineer and former defensive fullback for <laughs> University of Nebraska like that. Never, there's never like at that level of they don't take advantage of it, and then yeah. and so you know that that's just. Um, like that's not really value that they're seeing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, I, it's not a, it's not a fair trade that they're getting a free education. Like, I'm not going to risk full body paralysis so I don't have to pay for Psych 101. Yeah, that's not <laughs> quite fair. You can go to go pro and in one year make enough to send yourself back to school and complete four years. Maybe do it twice if you're a high draft pick. So there's something that you know. That's maybe where tradition needs to change somehow. I don't know mm-hmm. if you put the money into a trust or something where they can't spend it right away. Uh, I obviously have no solutions to it, but it is a problem. It's definitely a big issue. Sure. So we've recognized the problem and realized three of us have absolutely no way to fix it. <laughs> I have. And I think I've heard there is an idea that you could give players eight years of college education. So they spend the first four years <laughs> That's actually not, not doing anything. Idea. Yeah, Playing for four years. <laughs> 
And then you don't go to the pros. Fine, go get your degree in something. Come else. back, get a degree. Yeah, like that might be something. I, I mean, it's the least they could do. It, I think yeah, they could just pay them. Bare minimum. Yeah, they're basically giving they're giving them a comp ticket. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what it is. Just for, yeah, <laughs> and for the millions of dollars they're getting off these players, it's yeah. it's it's. I think it's, it's the very least they could do. There's probably other things they could do, but that's. Yeah. But I, I think that that is a really because at least on the pro level, when these players are getting hit and injured, it's like well, at least they are getting paid for it. They there's some compensation going back and forth. But this is I'll still watch every game of Tennessee. It's still just very upsetting to see. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'll keep watching them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, all right, so. That covers personnel. Right. I'd like to go into uh, the some of the more accessory, some of the other uh, peripheral accessories of the sport. Because one thing that I love about college football is the band. So that covers personnel and tradition. But there are a lot more factors that we're going to have to weigh here. We're going to do that in just a few moments. But first, let's hear about some of the other great podcasts that you can hear on the Maximum Fun Podcast Network. Take it away, some ads. Hi, I'm Lisa Hannawalt. And I'm Emily Heller. And if you're not listening to our podcast, Baby Geniuses, you're missing out on stuff like... Kamel Nanjiani solving the Zodiac murders. Uh, who's like... Would you ever go to a friend and you're like, Hey, could you lick all these lick all these envelopes for me? You'd be like, you're a serial killer. <laughs> I'm, definitely, I'm leaving right now. Guy Branham talking about Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Um, and it was it was just a great moment of like, Oh no, I'm here, boys. Like, I'm on this side of the bench... Megan Amram talking about intimidating baristas. Just feel like they're always in character. Like, they're always in character as, like, cool hipster girl. Uh And I just want to break through that barrier. Plus, every week we explore a new Wikipedia page and talk to a crazy expert in the field of nonsense. Well, any any hack can make you not have a boner i mean that's it's about how you do it right and we're the only podcast with regular updates about martha stewart's pony or your money back we're not going to give them their money back are we Mm, no let's keep it yeah listen to our show every other monday on maximum fun Yay! yay We're Dave and Graham, and we host Stop Podcasting Yourself. We started this podcast back in 2008, before podcasts had to have any kind of concept, so we don't really know how to describe it. It's kind of like going to the barber shop if your barber knew all about the first season of the show Elf. It's like a 90-minute massage where the masseuse is two people talking to each other with a third person. It's like the Monsters of Metal tour, only quieter, no music, and just talking. It's like a makeout session, but without the lips touching, they just talk a lot. Download Stop Podcasting Yourself from iTunes or MaximumFun.org. And we're back. That was so fast. We don't have to do this in real time, huh? Huh? No, no. I, I've edited it what? To, to the people listening. Wait, you edited it? It's been show? minutes. Yeah, it's me. It was me all along. Oh. And you guys said some very upsetting racial slurs throughout this that I assume you'll edit out, right? Nope. No, those we're going to keep yeah. in and done. Oh, all right. Yeah. Wow. We're going to double effect, up on them? You know that you should be offended. <laughs> <laughs> Both the slurs and the feedback that they came with is so weird. <laughs> all right. I'd like to talk about the, uh, the peripheral aspects that I think – where I think college football has it on professional football. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that is – and there are some, I know there's some great ones in the, there, there are great mascots in the pros and in college football, but mascots and the band, the other, the other students or the other, uh, 
the other entertainers involved in creating the show that is a football game. Okay. Um, which I think college, college wins because pro teams, is there a pro team that has a band? I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so either. I don't, this isn't affecting me. I, I'm in the bathroom during any of this band time, mascot like, dancing. Like I just like go get. hearing the Pride of the Southland marching band play Rocky Top when the Vols get a touchdown. I'm, I'm, I'm in the kitchen. I'm, I'm getting another, uh, beer. I'm, I'm, I'm go. I'm looking online. I'm surfing <laughs> pornography. So I'm just, so the I'm second my, touchdown yeah. happens. You're up and out of the room. I'm just not. Yeah, I got, I got, I got things going on, man. I got a life to live. I yeah, I can't wait and watch an extra point and then a kickoff <laughs> and then, then get to the twenty. Yeah, look, no offense to a band, they're they're all great people, musically skilled. But I don't want to like even in a college game, you would sit if you're attending live. You're like, oh, now I have to hear something that almost sounds like hot in here. <laughs> one, there's only one of you in the horn section who's either sharp or flat. You know who you are. Fix your instrument, people. It's got very whiplash all of a sudden. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I, I will say the college, like the the, the music, and like the like Rocky Top and the Florida Gators song. Those songs are seared in my in my mind forever. One in a very positive way, one in a very horrible negative way. <laughs> but yeah, the the pros don't have that. They just kind of they they'll score a touchdown, they'll cheer, and that'll be that. Yeah, no, that's. I, I think that that's the level that goes into the fact that college football is so much more passionate than the pros. There's more passion and and any opportunity that the pros would have to uh, to do something like that, they'll turn that into. And now it's time for the Pepsi Ugh, throw yeah. the football through the <laughs> yeah. uprights. And you're like, what? Yeah. And this uh, note is brought to you by the by, yeah, by Google. Google There's always some branded baloney that yeah. happens between plays. Rather than the band playing a really awesome version of Hot in here. <laughs> <laughs> but first, let's take I mean, they a spell break. out Hot on the field. Yeah. Like it's. <laughs> Who's, is it Ohio State that does the crazy uh, animated marching where they'll make yeah. like a dinosaur or Harry Potter on his broom? And they, because that's the thing the college fans are super into is Quidditch. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <Of course>. <laughs> <laughs> that's the hottest sport right now. Th- but that's another thing. Like, you don't really get to, it's not on TV unless you're at the game. You don't really. You That's always true, come back yeah. to like, like they'll come back with the commercial and you're like, meet, meet, meet. All right, and we're back. That's yeah. all you get of the band. Our auto tune halftime show. Yeah, yeah just like auto. Yeah. <laughs> Word from Ford, brought to you by Honda. <laughs> <laughs> what car should I buy? I don't know. <laughs> That's definitely, I think the like the the worst thing about this sport is how uh, all the awful. Uh, all the awful broadcasters are all former players who they did not hire based on their verbal dexterity at all. They just, no, no, not at all. They just come and do, so to hear Terry Bradshaw and Michael <laughs> Irvin and these guys who, who, who just get there and just kind of like use every, every opportunity to go into a story about their own, uh, playing style or to talk about themselves in some way. That's the worst thing about both sports, I think. There was a, I don't remember what it was years ago, but I've never seen commentators, uh, I've never seen commentators lose touch with their audience faster than when it was Terry Bradshaw and that whole crew. And like somebody was joking that like, oh, you guys forgot my birthday or whatever. And Terry Bradshaw was like, oh, <laughs> oh, you know what? Well, here, go out and buy yourself something. What do you, let's see what I got in my wallet. Hey, here, I got, I got 1500 in cash. Yeah. Oh, they're Lord. like, wait, did he just pull $1,500 in cash out of his wallet on national television? Way to alienate your fans. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> Commentators are another big part of it that, uh, do you find that you have people that you like, like, I feel like on um, 
as far as the commentators go, it's more based on what network they're on with professional football and with college football. There is that guy for that team. In Tennessee, we have Bob Kessling and John Ward, uh, formerly John Ward and now Bob Kessling. But these, I guess, are the radio guys. Yeah, the pros have them too, but I definitely think the college people are known more. Yeah, are, um, yeah but I base that solely on my knowledge. Tied to a team, I think. Yeah, they have like much more lengthy careers. Mm-hmm. Like you, like the like it's football time in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Um, the Kessling says is like very beloved. Is it Kessling who says that? Uh, John Ward started. it. John Kessling Ward started. Yeah, continued. but that's yeah. like beloved tradition for the for the announcer to say. And I think I don't know if the pros have that level. I'm not well, sure. I know for for me at least for the last 20 years, maybe longer. The voice of the Philadelphia Eagles has been Merrill Reese. The Philadelphia Eagles have the ball at the ten yard line, and so oh, that's he, awesome. like that's a voice that means Eagles to me. I will say on the national level, I can't stand Troy Aikman. Number one because he's a, well, him and Joe Buck are yeah. When they yeah, do, Joe, Joe yeah. Buck is a baseball commentator who all of a sudden is working in football. Yeah, maybe he shouldn't be doing baseball either. But Aikman, whenever the the Eagles play the Cowboys, it's like. We know you played for the Cowboys, Troy. You don't have to let us know yeah. through your commentary. <laughs> it's been like it's been years. It's, yeah. you get over. And yeah. every car in Dallas says Troy Aikman Ford or Troy Aikman yeah. Mercury on the back of it. <laughs> he's been like he's a, he's a car dealership guy. Yeah. I think yeah. longer so now than he was. Elway, right? They're, yeah. They're, oh, well, he owns also a bunch of uh, Denver. I think yeah, yeah he owns he just like a huge a chunk of Denver. Of Denver. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. Yeah, I mean, I mean, congrats to these guys for yeah. for winning like the lottery out of the post football. Uh, career, but I, although I, it's also weird, those are all quarterbacks, right? I feel like that's a lot of there's yeah. a lot of like uh, unfortunate selectivity in who uh, becomes famous out of the quarterback out of the football system, and yeah, it's sure. always there's a right guard who's like, yeah, 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 enjoy your dealerships. Yeah, the only reason that you have the brain capacity to open them is because I kept you from getting hit. <laughs> yeah. Enjoy, yeah, enjoy your football commentating career. I'm gonna go soak my knees in ice again, like I do every day. Um, <laughs> It sounds like, as we are going through this, uh, it sounds like the theme that is emerging is uh, on is the is the debate between skill and heart. Mm-hmm. Would that be fair to say? Sure. So very much so. Um, yeah. As we're looking at these different aspects and elements of professional versus college football, there's no doubt that professional football players and coach, or maybe arguably coaches, but definitely the players are far superior players. The commentators are, they've made it to this level. They're probably, in many cases, superior, uh, skilled uh, craftsmen. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I don't want to let go of the heart of it. And for me, I'm, I'm, I'm always going to err on the side of college football. Professional football I love. It's big. It's flashy. Uh, it's very skilled. They have big, beautiful plays that happen every game. You can spend a whole Sunday watching Red Zone and it's nothing but 50 yard bombs and, uh, great plays. But there's something about that heart of college football that I, that tips me in that direction. Thoughts? I, I completely agree. I think also the level of, of passion in the game works both ways. Mm-hmm. Tennessee, just to bring it back to, to the Vols, lost a devastating, uh, game to Oklahoma. Where we were leading up until the very end, and then lost the next week another devastating one to uh, two weeks later to Florida, and that loss I I I know I'm just convinced that that loss cost us the next game in Arkansas mm-hmm. because uh, 
college football players are are affected so much more by the emotion of losing and winning and they have like a level of momentum and crushing despair that for the pros it's just like there's a paycheck like ultimately i know the players in their team i spend you know the off season talking with them i i talk to them about contracts i'm a union with them i i if we were close to each other we'll spend time together and that level of of just of just desperation and despair and excitement only exists at the college level or at least does much more. Yeah, that, that's fair. I, see, I always think of, and this isn't necessarily correct. I, I'm sure there are tons of college players who know they're not going to make it to the NFL. Mm-hmm. They probably won't make it to NFL Europe. If they're lucky, they'll, <laughs> right, you know, they'll yeah. be in the arena league for 10 seconds. Yeah. More <laughs> likely than NFL not. Europe? Yeah. I, is that still nations. there? I thought that closed down. Well, they, they don't know yet. They're on a steamship on the way over. <laughs> Nobody tell them. I don't want to ruin it for them. Let them have their hope. Why they took the, like, the 1880, uh, immigration <laughs> ship over to Ellis Island is weird. They could just have yeah. flown. They're all just sleeping in rope beds <laughs> and, and dreaming of flame for the oh. Manchester Dragons or whatever. Um, <laughs> but it's true. Some of them play just because they love the game. I do think that there are pros who have a lot of passion. Um, Ray Lewis is probably not a great example of a person, but <laughs> sure, yeah. With a ton of Ray passion. Lewis, sure, that's Ray what you Lewis, want, yeah. He did everything. Adrian, yeah, Adrian Peterson, sure, Adrian Peterson. yeah, sure. He did his laundry with passion. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just to just to from the Eagles side, and that's the only team I can really defend because mm. that's the team I grew up watching. Brian Dawkins, who was a free safety for years, who was the heart and soul of that team, always led the team out on the field, always got the crowd hyped up whenever they scored. Like he he cared. Ultimately, he got traded somewhere because that's what happens. Doesn't really happen as much in college so there is something to be said for that but i just i it's hard for me to let go of the idea that i'm watching a better brand of football when i watch pro and and for me i care about the eagles and the city that they represent even though that could be taken away that that part of that part of me is always hopeful the team's not going to go anywhere and thick or thin i'll be there following them it doesn't really matter to me who the players are. Just like in college, like you have a great quarterback. He's only going to be there for four years. There's no way he'll be there longer than that unless he becomes a coach. You can have a pro player stay in one city for, for five, 10, 15 years. If he stays 20, he's probably dead by that point and they buried him under the stadium, in which case he'll be there forever. <laughs> New. <laughs> so there is a, there is a longevity to that, but it, it looks like, it looks like I'm outvoted two to one. Is that? Is that what's happened here? It's a, it's, a, but I will say it's a weak preference because I do agree. It depends, I think, what you want to get out of a football game. Do you want to be on an emotional roller coaster, um, where you follow this, where you follow the team because you identify so strongly with, um, even if it's just with the city or state or university they're with, or do you want to see like really good football? Right. And I think both have attributes of each other, but if I ultimately watch football as an emotional catharsis, as just a way to identify, and, and just really have a, and this, this is actually something that I think is, is true about sports in general. It's the only area where if you're an intelligent person, you can have a true black and white world. Mm-hmm. You can't have that really in, in, in politics or, um, any kind of like societal debate that goes on. Because if you don't agree with the least, if you don't see the person's point of view at the very least, then civilization collapses. But sports, you can say that the New York Giants are the sum of all good in the world <laughs> and the Philadelphia Eagles are the absolute uh, monstrous, darkest uh, vision of hell that has ever been brought upon the planet. And that's fine. Like, And everyone's like, yeah, that's what you should think about them. And I think with college, it's much more um, 
it's much more in that mode. I, I hate Florida, the whole state of Florida, with such a passion. <laughs> just because of the, just because of the Gators. Not even the Gators. Not even. But the yeah. Gators as well. The Gators, yeah. Just, I mean, it comes down to like Steve Spurrier's devastation of the Tennessee Volunteers over like a f- seven, eight year period yeah. in, in the nineties. That, and I'll never forgive Florida, the state of Florida yeah. for that. Right. And there's no Epcot is great. Epcot's great. <laughs> I'm sure there's, you know, one other thing about that state that's My not worth singing it. Her family great. is lovely. I love them all. That's two My things. My father lives there with great. his wife. Three things we should remove from the state of Florida before we sink it to the ocean. <laughs> That's wonderful. But I'll never have that real feeling about Philadelphia. Like, great, it's a good town. You know, it's great to be in. But I, but that's a level of, of, of passion and hatred that I think sports gives you and college football especially gives you above pro. You keep right. talking about the. You don't talk about the love of the Vols. You talk about the no. hatred of the other teams. Absolutely not. But that's what Let's it is. It Look, guys. the hatred implies how much he loves his team, that it drives him crazy to think that this other <laughs> – to think that there is a Dallas Cowboy fan out there right now who's happy about anything going on with the Cowboys drives me crazy. Say, yeah. They should be miserable <laughs> watching their team lose, go 0-16 every year for infinity years. I'm going to say it right now. I'm marking the time code, and I'm going to put an extra echo on that. It's even stronger than those racial slurs that Mark only was saying. Hey, hey, hey. Incredible. Right. Well, you were nodding your head very vigorously during them, so you were agreeing with it. Well, yeah, that's true. There's nonverbal, which is smart of you. <laughs> and that was a weird ethnicity to pick to be angry at. Yes. It was very weird. I don't know what these Swahilians have ever done to any one of us. <laughs> they know this. what they did. So are we ready to call it? I'm ready to call it, um, but I feel like you're the one that has to be convinced, Hal. I'll, I'll tell you what. Let's just go. We'll go majority rules here. I'm I'm in favor of pro for all the reasons I've stated before, and uh, I am in favor of college football taking this one. And that I am. you, Jubin. That's right. I will come down on the side of college football on this one. By but a, a, a 45 to 55 uh, percentage, I think. Uh, I think college beats out pro. We are all guys that watch football on both Saturday and Sunday. Oh, sure. and Monday Saturday and is, Thursday. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. We, Absolutely. we enjoy both college and pro football, all of us. Yes. So people of the planet, <laughs> all of you start watching football and not soccer, okay? Just start calling it soccer because the Americans, as they have with everything, have co-opted the word football. And now it means our sport, okay? And so we let's get on board care with so much more about it. I can't yeah. – I don't know – <laughs> I don't think there's very much passion around the game of soccer. I, no, wish I think there worldwide. Was. I yeah. really wish the rest of the world cared about I think, soccer. Yeah, I wish there was just bit. more just emotion around it. But, but you know, it. your old buddy Hal's taken a lot of beatings lately. Hoagies went away. Now pro football's lost to college football, but that's okay because we can still watch football all the time whenever we want. You just have to know that college is better because of Rocky Top and they have real animals sometimes and those bands full of kids that my sister-in-law was a majorette. They, there are no majorettes in the pros. See? Just go and try and take a baton into, uh, into, uh, Lincoln Financial Field. You'll get kicked out because they'll <laughs> think it's a weapon. They don't even understand. Get it together, pro. Get it together. Hal, that was very convincing. What the audience cannot see, you guys, Hal is crying vigorously <laughs> right now. I took all these notes and now the ink is run. <laughs> um, so this topic is settled. Jubin. Thank you very much yes. for being our guest. Thank you guys for having me. It was a delight. It was an absolute delight. Please plug plug away. Plug some things. 
Oh boy, uh, I, uh, I I I write for the Daily Show with Trevor Noah. Watch that every night uh, on Comedy Central's Mondays through Thursdays at 11 p.m. Yes. Um, if you live in New York, I have a, a weekly improv show Saturday nights at 10 p.m. at the UCB East uh, Theater. It's uh, really fun. Um, I have a web series. Uh, it's just three episodes. Um, that uh, with Above Average called. Um, uh, above the Bench, which uh, stars the delightful Bob Balaban, if you want to check that out. Uh, and I'm on Twitter at Jubin Parang. That's a why wow, I feel like I really plugged a lot. Is that? No, that's perfect. You're a busy guy. Dude, you have two Emmys in your apartment. I saw them when I walked in. I do. I you do. You should yeah. be plugging everything. I want a third. I'm already bored with them. <laughs> I need, oh, is I need that a what the doorstop is? Yeah. I mean, they're just, they're nothing to me now. <laughs> <laughs> What's this Cable Ace Award in the trash? <laughs> <laughs> do you want to just take it? I don't care. <laughs> Uh, they, well, this topic is settled, but there are many other topics that we can cover. So please uh, send your suggestions to us. We can be found on Twitter at We Got This Tweets or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash We Got This Podcast. You can email us at We Got This Podcast at gmail.com or go to the Maximum Fun subreddit and find the We Got This thread there and leave some topics for us. Why don't you? And thank you, as always, to our score and our theme song composers, Jonathan Dinerstein and Mike Furman, respectively. Thanks to Ken Plume for all our mixing and mastering. And thank you to Uri Kelman for our awesome logo. And as always, thank you to you, our listeners. We uh, we would have no reason to do this show without you. And thanks for reaching out to us and for arguing on Twitter and Reddit and it's really, it's really a blast to uh, meet all of the people that have uh, listened to the show. And sometimes they're angry at us. And um, thank you for listening. You guys are wonderful. For Hal Lublin, I'm Mark Gagliardi. For Mark Gagliardi, I'm Hal Lublin. And don't worry, everyone. We, we got, got this. We got this. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.